Hi, welcome to Dear X, a podcast about closure, catharsis, and saying fuck you to those who deserve it. I'm Jen Pitch. Thank you so, so much for tuning into the first of what will hopefully be many episodes where you, the wonderful listeners, submit anonymous audio letters to your ex-lovers and partners in an attempt to heal and find self-acceptance. So I thought since I'm asking all of you beautiful listeners to entrust me with your stories, I should put my money where my mouth is and do the same. So the first letter to ever be shared on this podcast will be one of mine. Here we go. Dear X, it has been seven years since we ended. We were together for almost four years, which let's be honest, was three and a half years longer than we should have lasted. I was, and still am, turbulent, chaotic, loud, blunt, rough around the edges, definitely not always in control of my feelings. You came across as this cool, calm tower of strength. Your exterior showed someone who had his shit together, and that was just really attractive to me. I'm sure you've still got that cocky smirk that is fucking to die for. You seemed quietly confident. I really needed that. I realize now that your steadiness was really a front for someone who was just as lost as I was. I was just not as talented at swallowing my feelings. I'm sure anyone who has been pursued by you finds you thrilling. You're very assertive and there's an intensity about you that is unsettling but in the most sexy way. You've got that whole Mills and Boone tortured hero trope down pat. And I was very much into the idea of being sucked into that kind of energy when I was 29. I'll blame it on inexperience. And Ernest Mills and Boone type novels, I'm not going to lie. Anyway, you swept me off my feet. You made me feel feminine and small and protected. No one had ever made me feel feminine like that before. I felt taken care of. I felt precious. That probably sounds really silly. But then you try to break up with me. I panicked at the thought of losing you and that feeling of safety, of being looked after, and something in me clicked. I begged you not to leave. I promised I'd try to be better for you. I learned that I needed to be more compliant in order to get you to stay. So that's what I did. I handed all the power to you. I changed myself in an attempt to make you happy. I became less argumentative, didn't defend myself when you were unreasonably upset with me, held on for dear life when you broke up with me over some throwaway comment I made three months earlier that you inflated into a massive deal breaker. You had this photographic memory that only worked to record all the wrong things I did and said. I became so good at thinking seven steps ahead to preemptively stay quiet or change the subject before your thoughts could find their way to yet another thing to be upset about and then, of course, dump me over. Walking on eggshells all the time was really, really exhausting. How could I have allowed myself to be turned into some half version of me? 
some hollow person who was so wrapped up in your status as this brutish Mr. Big character who wore expensive suits and could buy a fucking $1,000 pen without even batting an eyelid that I forgot about how you left me alone all the fucking time. Like, when I think back on the fact that we dated for almost four years, but the amount of time we were physically together would probably amount to a year, maybe even less. Why did you disappear for weeks at a time without telling me you would travel for work and not bother to tell me until a week after you came home or you'd go on surfing weekends with your friends and not think to let me know? You'd go visit your sister who lived in the same city as us, yet I was never invited to meet her. I never met her. We were together for almost four years and I never met your family. The amount of times I had to make excuses for you at some party we had been invited to, telling the host you had to work when the truth was I had no clue where you were. I felt like your mistress, a hidden secret, even though I knew you weren't seeing anyone else. You were unfaithful, but not with another woman. You were unfaithful to me with yourself. And I don't know if that's better or worse. I don't like to think about it too much. How could I have allowed you to separate our lives? No, that's that's not true. I, I didn't allow it. I had no say. So the real question is, how could I have allowed myself to be treated so poorly? How could I have respected you more than myself? I am utterly disgusted with how little care I had for my own well-being. I loved you so much that the dopamine hit of having you back after weeks apart made me forget the despair I felt from being abandoned by you. That never-ending roller coaster ride of absolute sadness followed by perfect joy is a drug that's really, really hard to kick. To me, you were this beautiful bright light, this big hot flame, and I was this pathetic little moth that was just drawn to you. And how lucky was I to be involved with someone so mature, so strong and enigmatic. I got burned a lot. But in my mind, getting burnt meant I got to be around that flame. Getting burnt was better than no light at all. I thought I had enough love for the both of us that you'd come around eventually, but you didn't. There's this saying I recently came across. When the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of change then you will change. How bad does it have to get before you decide to change? That moment of clarity happened at S's wedding. Standing up there as a maid of honor, watching her and her soon-to-be husband exchange vows, knowing how difficult their journey had been, they put all their shit aside, compromised out of love, and they chose each other. And that's when I realized this was never going to be us. I was never going to be exchanging vows with you. You would never commit to me. And so I ugly cried in front of everyone. I remember Elle standing next to me laughing, thinking I was ugly crying tears of joy until I whispered to her, I have to break up with him. And so the next day I ended it via email because you had missed the wedding and you weren't picking up my calls. But at least it was my choice this time. Of course, true to form, you basically said, yep, 
cool, take care, sorry. The trauma caused by trying to be what you wanted for so long still affects me. Even now, in my current relationship, which is unequivocally happy, uncomplicated, balanced and loving, the person I let you turn me into rears her ugly head and I catch myself apologizing to my partner for things I do and say that are perfectly reasonable things to do and say. I question my words a lot. I question my decisions all the time. My partner is helping me heal. I finally know what it's like to be in a healthy relationship where there is no fucked up power imbalance. I have met every important person in his life. We live together. We make decisions together. We are planning for the future. We're getting married. We fit perfectly together as we are without having to break our backs trying to shrink ourselves to be something we are not. Our relationship is steady. It's not filled with quick, exhilarating sparks that burn for a second and then die out just as quickly. Our relationship is an ember that continues to burn low and slow and constant. I'm glad to see you're still single. Not because I don't want you to be happy or even for you to meet someone else, but because I just can't imagine another woman putting herself through the pain of being set up to fail, folding herself into shapes that just don't fit her, changing who she is and what she wants in an effort to get you to commit to her without you ever compromising in return. I'm terrified for that woman. So I hope you continue to stay happily single, a relationship status that suits you best. I hope that your life is great, that you've made peace with whatever it is that takes you to those dark places. You are a shell of a person and I can't for the life of me understand why you won't seek help and happiness. Thank you for helping me to realize how generous my heart is. If you couldn't kill my willingness to love again, well, fuck, nothing and no one can. But also, thank you for inspiring me to become far more discerning about who deserves my love and care. Thank you for showing me what my relationship deal breakers are. I am much less patient with people who try to take advantage of my kindness. Be well, alone. From A. The next letter is from G and before I share this beautiful letter with you all, I wanted to just issue a trigger warning for the mention of sexual abuse. So please look after yourself as you listen in. Dear Jay, we were together for almost four years and madly, wildly in love from day one. It's been a year and 10 months since we ended the last day of 2018. I suppose, 26 days before, sitting alone in a beige clinical room at the hospital, struggling with physical and mental exhaustion, I realised I didn't want my life to continue the way it had been. I don't blame you for that. I blame a combination of being a painfully open and empathetic person and being surrounded by humans who are unable to regulate the emotional weight they lay on others. I'm the embodiment of an empty cup, 
desperately attempting to fill others. I'd never loved openly before, and I nurtured unhealthy beliefs around love and sex, mostly instituted by a British upbringing, where those topics were banished to the privacy of my own curiosities, and the closest thing to sex education from my parents was watching the racier episodes of Friends when they aired on TV when they were in the same room. While my parents would never say out loud that love lives were shameful, the severe avoidance of the topic ingrained in my formative mind that anything other than familial love should be guilt-ridden and hidden. Seventeen years old was the first time I felt adult enough to have sex with anyone, and from them, the shame slowly alleviated. Why should I feel such guilt over the most beautiful comfort, the touch of people I loved, a hug, taking their hand, a kiss between kindred souls. You loved that about me once. How I'd embrace everyone, and how I never rationed affection as some people might. I ran back to the UK at 18, when I didn't know what direction my life was headed in. And an escape of working in a pub and seeing my cousins felt like a band-aid over the gaping hole of my scattered options for a future. It was Christmas Day when my cousin gave me laced drinks and entrusted his best friend with my stumbling, semi-conscious body. It was my tiny, rented flat in which that friend raped me. I'd grown up ashamed of romance, and still, telling my parents of the most clinical of rapes, in which only his genitals touched me, not his hands, not his mouth, that was easier to confront than the idea of telling them anything romantic. I came home to Australia, and although I should have been more afraid of intimacy than ever, I found you. While it took me such a long time to open up to the idea of sex again, I reclaimed my affinity for affection. You watched as I shared hugs and held hands and kissed the pink skin of my friend's cheeks. But something that gave me such comfort grated you like barbs. You believed touch was for the two of us, as though my hands would somehow be worn away if their touch was wasted on others. Why would I need to hug my friends when you had open arms? Why would I want to hold hands with another while your fingers were ready to lace with mine? You were willing to receive every ounce of my affection to soothe my anxious mind, but it was only you. The hands with which I reached out to touch the world now reached no further than your body, and the lips I had once pressed against the faces of my darling friends now only met your skin. Where I had once been tactile, textured and streaming with colour, I was becoming beige and fragile, and soft to only your touch. I didn't notice myself becoming that way, and it was so gradual that I didn't notice you smoothing my edges or dulling the colour of my existence. We loved immensely and instantaneously. There's no doubt about that, and perhaps that's why. Never knowing love before, how could I have seen that this fierce connection could be detrimental in any way? Our species can be so malleable, and those we encounter shape us and we mould to each other, sharing colour and substance. I hope the life you create melts perfectly with the woman you've now found, 
and that your home and your children are full of joy and love. I hope you become the sturdy husband and doting father that you dream to be and that your future is vast. I hope the structure of your life stands steadfast and strong, but I know I was never the foundation for you. I wasn't concrete, I wasn't timber, I wasn't steel. We were never destined to build anything of strength. My dearest friends, they share my vibrance and then my erratic shapes and our whirlpool of lives forge rainbows of beautiful, albeit cracked and misshapen structures. I hope you can look at those structures and see them for their beauty. As I will look upon your life, and see the beauty in yours. Wishing you kindness, Jay. Love always, G. Thank you so much, G, for being so wonderfully brave in your vulnerability. And I really hope that sharing with us has helped you get all the more closer to healing and closure. That's it for the first episode of Dear X. If you are interested in submitting a story, I would absolutely be honored to hear from you. Please check the show notes for a link that will take you to a Google Doc with instructions on how to write your letter and some notes on how to record your letter. Also, if you'd like to submit a letter but don't want to record one for whatever reason, you are absolutely welcome to send the letter and I would be more than happy to read it out for you. Please send your letters and any other thoughts you may have to dearxpodcast at gmail.com and don't forget to show your support by subscribing and writing a review. These are early, early days, so we don't have a website yet, but you can find me on Instagram at DearXPodcast and also on my own personal account, which is at Oscorpio. Until next time, take care of yourself.